This is really strange because normally we're not beside each other. No. We're normally talking and to each other this way. I can, you know, see the little sound bars and there's this little thing that says unmute that I always forget to push. And I always have my hand on mute waiting for my puppy to bark. <laughs> so I am, I am always just like, and then I hear it, I'm just like. Thank you. Thank Hello. you. Oh, see, normally I don't have this fancy go. pad either. This is fancy. We're here. This is fancy. We're yeah. here. In person. In person. With in-person people. With actually people. No. Yay. <laughs> oh my gosh. And we're not teaching live stream. This is our first in-person podcast. Podcast. And our first in-person seminar in two years in two years that see there was a whole year gap gone gone evaporated so it seemed like we were just here a year ago but it's actually been two years, two years. yeah and so and it was funny because we were here when all the news of the coronavirus and COVID-19 was starting and we had all these medical people going it's gonna be fine this it's is like this is just like SARS yeah SARS Stop SARS over. one SARS two Swine flu one, swine flu two, bird flu one, bird flu two. How bad could this be? Okay, so. It's been two years and now we're yeah, here though. But now but we're yeah. here and that's the main thing. And this is, okay, at some time before we sign off, we're gonna have the, pan David out. Eakes. Yeah, he's gonna pan out and you can see how totally cool the barroom's gonna be. The so ballroom you, is. Finish the sentence. See, we're interrupting already. I know. Like, no, the ballroom is, no, we're finishing each other's sentences. It's very simpatico even in person. You expect me to remember the sentence I was gonna say? <laughs> oh, the ballroom is? Gorgeous. It's like, Beautiful. it's so cool. The banners are up and the things are, and it's so nifty. So if you haven't signed up for the advance yet, it's not too late. I'm just saying. I get it. Jay Shaw. Oh, that's the other thing. Jay Shaw, there was flights canceled and flights delayed. And he's still coming. So he's going to be here tonight. And remember how we were gonna start at eight in the morning so that he could catch a flight at four tomorrow afternoon and leave here at two. That ship sailed when that flight was canceled. So he's staying. We're starting at nine, which is a much more civilized hour. Yes. yes. Everybody gets to sleep in. Yay. Applause. <laughs> and he will be here from nine to five, Yay. which means we get to do show and tell with 81 and 10 because yes. I told Dr. Shaw, who's like the NIH. I was going to say, let's go back and tell everybody who's listening who doesn't, oh, yeah. isn't in our bubble, because there's people that are not in our bubble. Oh. Dr. Jay Shaw. Dr. Jay Shaw. Jay Shaw is a physiatrist at NIH. He's also a trigger point specialist. He's written papers on trigger points. He's a dear friend of Dr. Simon's. And at NIH, he and Terry Phillips did this really amazing dialysis needle into a trigger point so you could see all the neurotransmitters that happened. Jay Shaw came to a core seminar in 1999 in Chicago and we treated the trigger points in his legs unsuccessfully because it turns out the trigger points in his legs are from 40 and 10, which is inflammation in the spinal cord. Yeah, so when we did 40 and 10, all of the trigger points in his legs disappeared. Right. So when he had a cancellation for um, Grand Round speakers, 
at NIH in February or March of 2000, I got to lecture at NIH and I asked, okay, all 30 of you, somebody here has to be able to give me objective data about what it is we're doing with 40 and 10, because I've done this 25 times. It never doesn't work, but nobody's going to believe it until we have data. So Terry Phillips, who's a microimmunochemist, came up and said, I can tell you what's changing. So he sent me blotter paper. I did blood samples. We got the cytokine data. It took us five years to get the paper published, but then we knew what was changing. So that's Jay Shaw. And since then, Jay Shaw has, I mean, he's just brilliant. He lectures all over the world and he loves coming here. He loves you. Because, yeah, well, yes, anyway. So he comes and he has the most amazing slides and he has the most comprehensive concepts of how the ascending and descending pathways in the spinal cord work. So two, three months ago, I said, oh, by the way, we can run a frequency to increase secretions in the spinal cord and it softens the muscles in the legs and it increases descending inhibition. And his first question, of course, was, what are you talking about? And I said, well, we're increasing descending inhibition. How do you know? Well, the leg muscles get soft. And then he asks, what neurotransmitters are changing? I said, if you can bring Terry Phillips out of retirement, you tell me. It's got to be GABA because it's the descending neurotransmitter that softens muscles. So because he gets to, because he gets to stay until 5 o'clock, tomorrow. Then we get to do show and tell since we might have an 81 and 10 patient in the house. So that's, that's what right. I'm excited about. So he gets to stay until five. We get to do show and tell. And Jay Shaw is only available to people who have signed up for the live stream because of the regulations at NIH. You can't have the video after the fact. So those of you that have the live stream, you get the video from the live stream for 30 days or something. It's live for 30 days. You get to write, but you can't download it and you can't save it and we can't keep it and we can't sell it because it's NIH and it's Dr. Shaw. So if you wanna see Jay Shaw and show and tell Do and the look on his face when he feels the muscles go from to wrong, yeah, those are words, right? Or wrong. Mm -hmm. I, okay. So I just have to add because I have to add always something little. When my slides grow up, they want to be Jay Shaw slides. Oh, <laughs> I want. So we're getting. I feel like my slides are getting better and better, but that his stuff is just um, amazing. I just like the animation, and if we had the video department from NIH. We making might. our slides. That's true. We would have those kind of slides too. Right now, I'm just lucky to have photographs from Google on my slides. I've invested into Adobe stock, so I'm kind of one-upping you, I guess, on that one. Just You're always one-upping me. It's like, <laughs> what are you kidding? Stop. Stop, stop, stop. <laughs> that is so not true. Okay. So we always have a theme. I try to have a theme. I have themes 
kind of in my pocket, right? And so I was saying, because normally we're never live in person when we do this. So a half an hour before we go live, I sit with my lists with all my different themes. And I kind of just feel like I go down my laminate, right? When you're kind of stuck with the patient and you don't know what to run. The buddy is great, but there's something just so, um, I don't know what it is about having a laminate in your hand. You get to see all of them at one time. You do, and you can get, and there's a word for today, and our word, so the theme for today, I'm going to go back to, okay, squirrel, rabbit, something shiny. Mm -hmm. So when I was going, when I normally am not with you, and I can figure out what we're going to talk about, it just is like the laminate. I just roll it down. I'm like, ah. Uh, oh. This is what we're talking about today. Yeah. And sometimes I have to roll with the date. We have a Christmas theme. We had a Thanksgiving theme. Valentine's was a, good. We had a good Valentine's Day theme. I like that one. So it only seemed right that the topic today would be about holding the vision. Whoa. Okay. Okay. And this is why. So at the very first advance, and I don't Maybe it was here. We've, we've had it here for a while. The very first advanced that I was, was 25 people in a more or less unheated room at NCNM, the naturopathic college, with a blackboard and a list of advanced frequencies that uh, one of the naturopathic students came up with. And it, there, it bears no resemblance to, to what, what we're doing is, today. So... I was going to say about my first Your advance. first advance. There you go. Not that was first my first advance. Talk my first advance. Actually, my first advanced sports course was, was today. So it is a very special day. It is. It's a lot of firsts. So the very first advanced is inspirational, right? The word is, the, the theme today is hold division, but the word I want to use, because we always have one word that we kind of circumvent, is inspire. Oh, okay. I feel like the advanced is all about inspiring people. I, I usually think it terrifies people because I stand <laughs> up in front and I look at the faces and it's like, oh, no, I, but I, how, how, I want, you want me to do that? It's just, okay. But that is the inspirational part. That was when, that was when you were talking about increasing the secretions in the cerebellum and everyone was just writing and I was just like, you can do that? Why are we all sitting here? We have to go treat all of our patients with this right now. This is what changes it. And that was the birth of FSM sports. That was how it all started, how to restore coordinated movement. That's right. You did the your first advance in February, and you came to me with a sports course in San Francisco in December of the same year. Yeah. Oh, I didn't know that. Well, hmm. you, you didn't need to keep track of that. But, and I think it was actually two years because I, I, I think it was longer than that. Okay. But it just took me a while. It sounded better when it was all in one year, didn't it? I know, but I'm not that fast. It okay. takes a while. Like okay. the sports course was cooking for a You're long time. It was. Percolating. It was. And then today it percolated today it exploded. over, but we're not going to tell you about it till later. Do you want to tell them about it? No, I've got other oh, okay. things to talk we're about. It's, we, do the, we do the list. We have to follow the list. I know. The list. So hold the vision. And normally we kind of go back and forth between like treating patients and we'll talk about treating patients, but because we're here, it is all about education and, and inspiring other people to continue forth the vision of what we do. Yeah. And there's, a, there's another theme, just another one, since we have, you know, a studio audience have here. A studio audience. 
So somebody t yesterday used the phrase, this is my tribe. This is my tribe, right? That's me. We have this is tribe. the one meeting. Doesn't matter if you're a massage therapist, an acupuncturist, an osteopath, a medical physician, a chiropractor, a physical therapist, occupational therapist. Did I miss anybody in the room? That. Okay. <laughs> it's like this is the one place in the year where you all speak the same language. And yeah. you can say, well, it wasn't that hard. She was a 40 and 10. And then it turned out she was an 81 and 10. And it was just 40 and 396. And then there was her arm. And then there was the, it wasn't that hard. But then she had, and then, but then we did scarring in the vagus and she could turn her neck. And, and for these 150 people or 80 people in the room, however many, that makes sense yeah. to the 10 people that are sitting next to you at lunch at the round table under the pergola eating wonderful carne asada tacos um that makes sense so the there's a it's vi there's vision but there's also an fsm family yeah there's a right? comforting feeling about being amongst your people that's these are our peeps this is our tribe <laughs> and i think if you think about what tribes are about they have a vision that holds them together. Yeah. And I think that's that's what I feel when we come here. The thing I love about the advanced, even for those of you that can't come. You'll feel the love. You will you, feel it. We will give it to you live stream. Yeah, this is true. It's, and then there's the educational part where there are frequencies for things that you didn't know you needed to do things stop number three when it isn't what you thought yeah things you didn't know you needed that do things that you didn't think was possible yeah and then it works think of, and it's say like that one more time frequencies for things that you didn't know you needed that do things that you didn't think was possible <clears throat> the first time you treat a parkinson's patient and he goes from this to that and he goes from that to that and you go what did I just do and then when we were in Cleveland treating the young man that had horrible brain injury in a coma for three months pedestrian hit by a car that was doing 35 and he had an intention tremor that was like that and there happened to be a neurologist in the room and it's like, well, intention tremors, I think we did 81 in the basal ganglia, increased secretions in the basal ganglia, but increased secretions in the cerebellum. Took about 20 minutes, wasn't that hard. It was just like, and then there was Steve Sharp doing this and doing that and the tremor was gone. And I said, well, all right, since we have the cerebellum and the basal ganglia, let's hook it all up to the sensory and motor cortex. Right. I Made sense to me, right? Right. So I did increased secretions in the sensory motor cortex, and his tremor just went completely berserk. And it's like, then I turned it off, and I looked at this, um, where did he work? Uh, Walter Reed, neurologist, and I said, Stephen, what did I just do? And he thought a second, and he said, you increase secretions in the sensory and motor cortex. Now, the first magical thing about that is that a Walter Reed neurologist conventionally 
trained neurologist got it that we could increase secretions in the sensory and motor cortex with a frequency, right? That, because he saw it and he believed what he saw. He said, you increase secretions in the sensory and motor cortex and that increased flow overwhelmed the basal ganglia and the, and the cerebellum's ability to control that movement. Right. So then we did 81 and 988, basal ganglia, 81 and 84, and it went back to smooth. So the frequencies do exactly what they're alleged to do, whether that's what you think you're doing or not. Yes. Which is really disconcerting. Well, overwhelming. I mean, you just listed the probably the most extreme cases when that happens, right? When you're overriding the central nervous system. Well, that's actually what the advanced is about. Although I have to tell you, as I'm going over the advanced slides today, it's like, well, that's now in the core. Well, yeah. that's now in the core. Oh, that's in the core too. Okay, so. Um, and that was what I wanted to talk about because I think today is gonna be less about treating, a little bit more about teaching and we'll get to some treating patients, but that's kind of like where we're at right now. This is all a teaching week. Yes. Two weeks. Yes. Yeah. So how, so we know the core has evolved a ton. We know the advanced has evolved a ton, but what, what is the biggest change that you are seeing right now on, on everything? The most fun, that's a perfect, how do you do this? I don't know, she's just magic, right? So the, the coolest thing that happened and we had the five day core that ended on Sunday right. and this is Wednesday, right? Mm -hmm. So Richard Finn is a neuromuscular therapist, massage therapist, trigger point therapist. He's like the trigger point dude. And he took, he's taken the core two times before. Okay. And back early, like 2005 or so, and then 2010. And you'd think you'd taken it twice, you'd sort of seen everything. And Richard sat there for the five days with his mouth open. And he's like, he came up to me and said, what, I just, my brain is, what have you done? And the biggest shift in the core and actually the advanced. And for me, it was having two years off of airplanes that allowed me the time and the mental space to rewrite the core and the advanced. Because if it was just like, there's some irresponsible people who have just put the whole advanced and core frequency list on the internet with no warnings, no instructions, I went ballistic. I was in a hotel in Chicago, pacing back and forth, having a fit. And uh, then I wrote emails. And then I wrote a warning list that I sent to all three of them. And God bless them, they put the warning list on. It's like, it's not so bad that you're, whoever reads this list doesn't know what to do with them, but they don't know what not to do. And that's, Yes. Dangerous. And yes. it really, okay, so I'm calmer now. This is good. I so, feel like you like got triggered just now though. <laughs> I did. I just, just a little bit. I'm, I'm fine now, really. So it's not about the frequencies. You can look those up. It took me until a year and a half ago to figure out that the point of the core seminar is to teach you how to think when you have frequencies to use as a tool. Yeah. So why would you even 
think of reducing inflammation in the spinal cord as a way of treating shoulder, elbow, hand, back, knee, and right. foot pain. Why would you think of running 40 and 10? Right. You wouldn't. Right. Nobody has a concept of full body myofascial trigger points that's caused by inflammation in the spinal cord except for our tribe. And why on earth would you ever think of increasing secretion? Yeah, we have a tribe. The FSM tribe, isn't it cool? We could have hats made. Oh, you do have hats. Do have I have hats. shirts. Doesn't, yeah. So anyway, so where was I? Talking about Squirrel. the tribe. Yeah. Oh, the tribe, yes. So it's why would you think of it unless you had a tool that lets you do it? Right. So it finally occurred to me that the whole point of the core and the advanced is to teach you how to think. So people somehow have the idea that I have this, you know, brilliant ability to comprehend stuff. It's like, no, I own Dr. Google. So you want to know what causes dementia? You type in dementia, cause. And there's a bunch of things that come up. It's like, oh, insulin resistance. I have a frequency for that. Okay. And viruses. I have a frequency for that. Right. And, 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 and then what's the progression? And you look that up and there's published papers. So when you come to the advanced, there's this whole section that is, has references. Yeah. We have a frequency for that. We actually have three frequencies for that. So it's teaching you how to think. Cause I'm, I'm not allowed to say this one. Kevin, close your ears. I'm not going to be here forever, right? That means you have to be able to do it when you have patients that you can't figure out. Yeah. And it's not even about you. Sorry. No. Sorry Good. to say that. Thank God. I don't want it to be about me. <laughs> it's not about you. It's, I think, giving people the confidence to troubleshoot. Yeah. When you're not ramming a recipe down their throat and saying, this is how you bake the cake. If you don't bake it any other way, you're going to fail. The cake will never rise. There's, no. Yeah. There's We're, actually a device out there that's just all pre-programmed frequency protocols. Makes me nauseated because well, it, A, you're going to have a high failure rate. The patient's not going to get better. And then they're going to lump FSM into something that doesn't work. When you give people options, educational options to choose from, options that are safe, options that have antidotes in case and when you fail or create an error or make somebody worse. Power. Power. My job is to give you power. I give the practitioners power. I write that down. Well, it's very close to what I wanted to say. Is <laughs> Did what... you already say that? So, Okay. <laughs> I, think she, this, I think you looked at my sheet. See, when where you're in Portland and I'm in California, I know oh. you can't see what I wrote down. So or even worse when we're in person. Worse when we are in person. <laughs> Terrible. We're never going to get through this. Okay, so there's questions yeah. coming up too. No. So what I wanted to say, now that I have been teaching this, so I started teaching the sports in 2016. That was the first sports course. Five years? Correct. Wow. Okay. And it only seemed right after five years, I started an advanced sports course. So this was the first one. And as it has been, it was in my brain for two years. And it took about a year to put it into slides because the same way happened with the sports course, you write it and you're like, 
I can't, I can't talk about this because I haven't talked about that. Blow it up, rewrite it. No, you can't tell them this before you tell them that. Blow it up. Welcome to my world. So one of the most pivotal things anybody ever said to me is what you said to me the very first time I presented at the advanced when I was so nervous and I didn't know what I was going to talk about or how I was going to say it. And you're like, just relax. But remember what you want to say has nothing to do with what they need to hear in order to learn in order to learn what you want to teach them, what you want to teach them. Speakers get attached to what they want to say. We get attached to the numbers that we want to press in the machine to fix the patient. It works the same way. This course teaches us three things. And my, some of my sports advanced people are here. And the theme for the sports course is the same for the normal advanced course. It's the same for the core. It's the same for when we treat patients. It comes down to three things. Are you ready? Okay. Flexibility is of one. Mind. Flexibility of our bodies, flexibility to change our hypothesis when it's proving not to be effective. And that's only possible because you figure out eventually that the frequencies always do what they're alleged to do. So if it doesn't work the way you thought it was going to work, you it's because your hypothesis was wrong. So you have to go back and Chase. rethink it, which is flexibility of mind. Yes. I'm not very flexible physically, but mentally I'm... Okay. You move good. It's not always because John Charkey, I can't say the word um, stretch anymore. So oh, no. I say flow. You have good flow. Okay. Number two is balance. Oh, it gets so much better. Just wait. Number two is balance. Okay. It teaches us balance. Right. We did proprioceptive drive at the advanced sports courts, which was ridiculously cool to have people stabilized on unstable surface. Mm -hmm. And then you press pause and then they wobble and then you press. Isn't that fun? Crazy. Wait, speaking of power, when you can manipulate the central nervous system at will. Now, Roger Billica taught us that in 2013 when he did the heart rate variability right. study, right? You want to bring up the sympathetics, you do that and the parasympathetics go down. Yeah. You want to uh, quiet the parasympathetics, they go down, bring up the sympathetics, the parasympathetics virtually disappear. Yeah. And then you run increased secretions in the parasympathetics and it completely swaps. And all of this was in 60 seconds. It's like Roger Billica did that. And then it's like your brain has exploded and it's all over the ballroom when that happens. And then you find out, well, you can increase secretions in the spinal cord, the cerebellum. Let's see. That actually started with, let's see if that works. And it's like, bang, that worked. Hmm. Wonder what would happen if you increase secretions in the sensory and motor cortex. That worked. Stroke, not stroke. And then there was the increasing secretions in the midbrain where I made a guy in the coma cry. That's when we found out not to do that. So flexibility. Right, but we were talking about balance too. Balance, right. So, <laughs> but that was, but it all is sort of the same, right? When we're treating patients, it's the balance between 
taking out the bad stuff and giving them the good stuff. That's another Roger Billica thing, right? Like yeah. it's all about, you can't just take, it's not just about scar tissue and inflammation. It's also about giving them what they need. It's the balance. Restoring. Restoring. Last but not least, it's about strength. The tribe gives us strength. Being together gives us strength. It charges our batteries. It inspires us to do better. True story. We make our patients stronger. That is the goal. In whatever way, whether I'm treating an Olympian or a 92-year-old post-polio person, it's about giving them some strength and power back. And there's the other piece of it in terms of balance, going back to that. Go back Before to that. it falls out of my brain. Say it. Is... Um, oh, I have a patient that has just terrible, in, terrible history. And I handed her a book off the shelf in my book, in my office, called Living with Joy. Mm. And she read it, and she emailed me, texted me, and said, healing happens from the inside out. Mm. Right? So, and there's a... There's a thing that I saw in my photo library that I'm going to put in the advanced for Friday. Um, and it has to do with balance. There are patients we're not going to be able to fix physically. I mean, we can improve. Maybe we can get the pain gone temporarily. We can give them the power to get themselves out of pain by giving them a custom care that they can use at home to fix their low back or their nerve pain or whatever. But balance, healing from the inside out, giving them the power for control over their physical symptoms. But when you can't phys fit the, fix the physical stuff, giving them the concept, the, that's where the emotional part of the advance and the core actually comes from giving them the concept that they are not only their physical limitations. Yes, you have pain. And now your pain's a three, not a seven. That's good. And yes, I know you're, you're angry and you're upset and you're grieving over the 14 years of your life that you lost and you're angry at the six doctors that either overdrugged you, mistreated you, or told you it was all in your head, so you're angry. So it's all the stages of grief, right? Right. And then you say to the patient and what did you learn and she went huh i didn't learn anything i went i said what did you learn well you learned that the world isn't going to come to an end because you didn't take out the trash or do the dishes on time right well yeah there's that and are you more empathetic than you were before less judgmental maybe of that guy in the wheelchair or the guy on the crutches or the guy sitting on the sidewalk that can't work because he's so depressed he can't hold a job? Yeah, yeah. And then, is it possible that you would have learned that that way? Any other way? Happened for me. Yeah. You learn things when you're disabled or in pain or ill and you come out of it and you go, oh, thank God that's over. Oh, well, I don't have to to, and then you have compassion. Right. 
So would you have learned that level of compassion without your injury, illness, or whatever? Brain fog. She now, after post-COVID, she understands brain fog. And before that, brain fog, people just had to suck it up and try harder. They irritated me. Yeah. Honestly. Mm -hmm. And I, I feel bad for that, but it was true. If you were a person who had chronic fatigue or anything that had <clears throat> fatigue or brain fog, I, could, I couldn't get it. I tried to listen. And you were compassionate. I was compassionate. Sure, but, but it was so funny because when I had COVID, I texted you and I felt okay. And then you're like, how are you doing? I'm like, I'm fine. I just, I just have, I'm so tired and I have brain fog. No, she sent me a, a GIF, a, a little moving thing. <laughs> oh, yeah, with her head right. bouncing up against the wall saying, this is stick God guy. gave me, little stick man saying, God gave me COVID so I would understand brain fog. And I went, yep, there's a reason. Because that is, that your your voices, you always talk about, you, you take the core and the little birdies sit on your shoulder and like give you the answers and stuff. Well, you're kind of, con it's like not a birdie, it's just you, it's just Carol, it sits on my shoulder. Like, what what is this, learn? what are you learning from this? What is this teaching you? And your immediate reaction is shut up, I don't want to learn this. No, it's like, <laughs> you're right. It's my reaction. But it was funny because the, the, the week that I came back, I had taken, almost 10 days off of work. So I was rescheduling all these patients and I was bumping all my new patients out and out and out because all my other patients had to get in first. So my first new patient that I had since I was back was Lyme chronic fatigue. Oh, God works in mysterious ways. But I sat with her and I looked at her and I listened to her in a way that was completely different. I had heard all these symptoms before, but I got it. It just like yeah. got at me. And I said, I really understand where you're coming from. I'm really sorry that you've been feeling like this. I'm going to try my best to make a dent in this for you. And I did. Perfect answer. Yeah. You know, like you're, you're not overselling, right? You're not overpromising anything. You just want to, I, I say, you and I have similar verbiages, but different. I'll say, I'm going to make a dent in this. This is what my athletes get. Like, oh, you're making a dent in it? Okay, good we're going to have a starting point. I, I do have that much confidence in what I do that I can make some sort of change. And my original goal with most of my really difficult patients is my goal for the first day is not to make them worse. Right. And then we'll see if we have pretty good luck with nerve pain. Yes. And the, the, the times when I really want to just go back and rewind my mouth is when they say, yeah, okay, that's not that hard. And they look at you like, what? <laughs> what well, you've had gastroparesis for 10 years. It's like, it's not that hard. And what? And so I have a post-COVID patient come in and all of her symptoms post-COVID are related to the vagus. So I have four slides, I think, on long haul COVID with all of the symptoms of long haul COVID and all of the tissues that they are related to and the six viruses frequencies we know did really well keeping really people awesome. out of the hospital, getting them better quickly, keeping them. Yeah. And now you just apply the same frequencies to different tissues depending on what which of the long haul symptoms they have. So I have this girl coming, I can't remember who she's where she's coming from, someplace. And I said, yeah, it's, I always, hoping I don't regret when I say this, but 
so far it's not been that hard. So that's I'll give it a try. We've had pretty good luck so far. That's great. We do have to get to some questions. We're going to pause with our like trail no, that we're going. We okay, do. We, there's there's some there is somebody that asked a couple list though. Okay, we have good questions. We'll get back to the list. Don't worry. Okay. So um, a question was question about using FSM in a patient that has a baclofen pump. Piece of cake. Can we use magnetic converters or PMF if not able to run current? Well, first you're able to run current. So spinal, all of the other kinds of pumps, insulin pumps, spinal cord stimulants, even spinal cord morphine pumps, uh, deep brain stimulators don't have an off switch. All the other pumps have off switches. So the patients have this little remote, they go blink and the thing is off. Baclofen pumps put baclofen into the spinal cord for spinal fluid for people with um, MS, ALS, it, it is assumed that their spasticity will never not need baclofen, so there's no off switch. And I've treated so many of them at this point that it's like, yeah, it's no, not a problem. What's really interesting that is that even with a baclofen pump, they're spastic, and you can run 81 and 10, and they get less spastic, go figure. So baclofen pump, piece of cake. EKGs, so pacemakers, theoretically use it above the clavicle and below the waist. That being said, I had a patient in the clinic and he's being treated for asthma. So I put contact on his chest, a contact on his back. I'm running the frequencies for asthma through his chest. And then I say, oh, what's that little scar there? And he said, oh, I have a pacemaker. Ah! <laughs> I pushed the stop button. I said, I'll be right back. And so came back and he was fine. I went out of the room, got a pulse ox meter. Then I bought three more pulse ox meters. So I had one in each room and I put the pulse ox on his finger and it was completely stable. So that was the one time where I did it. And now because I teach a course and I have to be put, you know, accurate. Above the clavicle, sorry, David, above the clavicle below the waist, we have data from What's the company that makes pacemakers that starts with an M? I'm not sure. Whatever. That company. Mm. Their rep came and put a monitor on one of the patients and the practitioner. Um, all I can think of is metronidazole, and that's like wrong. No. Um, and the rep came from the company, put the monitor on the patient. They treated the patient, and there's artifact from the current that distorts the information coming from the heart to the pacemaker, but it doesn't interfere with the messages going from the pacemaker to the heart. Right. The magnetic converter you can use when somebody has an EKG on them and doesn't cause any distortion at all. And we found that out when George was in the hospital with his broken hip and I was treating his hip fracture and the nurses came in and said, what's that? And I said, it's pulse DMF. And they said, oh, that works really well to keep pain down in fractures. I said, yeah, it's for the pain. Uh-huh. <laughs> now the fact that he had a fractured hip and a hip replacement and didn't have any bruising and didn't have any pain, zero pain, zero right? That 
they didn't associate that with those little blinky lights that I had on his hip. And he was on constant monitoring because he was 70 something and not a squiggle in the monitor. So we know that the magnetic converters work as well and they don't cause EKG squiggles. Going, going on that line, the next kind of question that we're seeing here, general question, male 70s, high blood pressure, doesn't take statins, would the FSM approach be just general inflammation? No. No. Um, so mid 70s, how many blood pressure medications does he take? And he has high blood pressure, is it medicated? Is it normal on medication? And how many medications does it take? Any male above the age of 30 actually that has high blood pressure needs a sleep study. The number one cause of hypertension, males or females in my world is sleep apnea. Because while you're asleep and you stop breathing or even just snore, your blood pressure goes up to like 210 over 150, irritates the arteries, puts little cracks in them. And then as you take a deep breath again, your blood pressure box drops back down to 120 over 80, and then it goes back up and then it goes back down and your sympathetics never get a chance to sleep. And Mark Houston says that hypertension is a normal reaction to inflammation in the arteries. So yeah, you would run inflammation in the arteries, but first you have to look at why there's hypertension in the first place. So the other thing that has come into the core and the advanced is you treat the cause because we can. We treat the cause because we can. Why does he have tendinopathies at his knees? Well, because his hamstrings have got excess tone. Why do they have excess tone? It's 81 and 10. You treat the cause because you can. So what is the cause of hypertension? Hypertension does not come from space and land on you because you're 70 or 50 or whatever, right? So do a sleep study, do a basal metabolic panel, find out, check the renin. High renin hypertension is a very specific thing. How do I know that? I was a pharmaceutical rep for 16 years, Third, no, 16 years. So. It's like everything I did, theater, riding horses, pharmaceutical sales, everything I did got me ready to do this. Isn't that amazing when you think about it? That's Isn't how it? I feel teaching the sports course. I'm like, well, that's why I had that path. Yeah. Because I'm right where I need to be. Yep. Got those magic hands. You got the magic brain. You had the skepticism. That's my favorite part about Kim's I, story. I hated FSM. Hated it. I thought it was silly. Yeah. Why would I use a machine when I've got my magic hands? And then? And then? And then I saw it. I saw something smush and it shouldn't have smushed. And I wanted to know how to do it. But then it made sense to do magic hands with magic machine. Yeah. Together. Together. Not replacing. Together. Synergy. Wasn't that a word that, that came up? That was your word. You love that word. Everybody loves that word, right? It is. It's Synergy is wonderful. Uh, next one in, question. One on one is four. Yeah. Okay. Voice actress starting to get a dry voice. Do we have a protocol for that? Voice what? Her. She's starting to get a dry voice. Do we have a protocol? Vocal cords. Okay, fine. So in the advanced, there's a frequency for the vocal cords. That's the first thing. Yes. So 
one of those students in the core is a, an acupuncturist in Manhattan and his client base are all Broadway actors, dancers, and singers. And it's like, do you have a protocol for vocal cord nodules? And it's like, oh yeah. So here's the vocal cords. Talk to me about vocal cord nodules. Well, the vocal cords are overstrained, but it's, if you look at the vocal cords, it's this little muscle and these tendinous attachments. So they basically have tendinopathies in their vocal cords that make the vocal cords tighter. And what's a nodule? If you look at vocal cord nodules, they're not in the middle of the muscle belly. They're at the tendons. Mm. They're like bone spurs. Mm. What causes bone spurs? Muscles that are too tight. Yeah. What well, causes soft. muscles to be too tight? Tendinopathies. Mm -hmm. So you treat 124 and 77. He said, oh, I never thought of that. And then the vagus nerve innervates every muscle in the vocal cords except for one. And the muscle it doesn't innervate is the muscle in the vocal cords that allows you to scream. Mm. If you're being dragged through the jungle by a tiger, do you need your lower tone to talk softly to the tiger and say, please drop me? No, you need your vagus off so you can. Yeah. Okay. So you turn on the vagus because the vagus increases secretions and relaxes all those muscles. That's a good thing. Mm -hmm. So you treat the vocal cords, you treat the vagus, and then you treat concussion and emotional relax and balance because this singer who makes a living on Broadway for the last 15 years is now about to see their career go down the tank or whatever tube, that's the word. So you do emotional relax and balance, you do concussion in Vegas, you treat the Vegas, you treat the vocal cords and you make them rest their voice for a week which means their understudy takes the role and that makes them nervous, but it won't take that long because every day you're treating them and they have to buy a custom care, but they can award it. So you treat all the things I just said. Yeah. So dry vocal cords, are they really dry? If they're really dry, then all of the secretions in the mouth, the esophagus and the vocal cords are controlled by? Vegas. The vagus. You can say it louder, you were right. Vegas. 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 true. Okay. We're going to keep kind of going through here. Sports injury patients <clears throat> seeking alternative treatments, FSM, PMF, stem cells. Would you say FSM contains elements of both of the other modalities, electromagnetic support, bringing our cells back to a state of regeneration? Go. I almost don't even want to just say yes, right? Because our... At first, everybody gets so excited when we hear we can increase ATP. And it's like, that's all they hear. And then they just like take off running in the sports world. And it's so much more. So yes, we do give cells support, but we do more than that. We do more than support and give. We take stuff away, build it, we reboot it. So yes, I, no. No, the appropriate word is duh. <laughs> but it's it's just like it's but see i'm 70 and you're young you still have those filters i'll be quiet no but do you know what i'm saying like it's almost oversimplified when you say when you say it like that because i just have 
the more that I teach it, the more that I learn, the more I see what's possible, that it's not just that. Well, and the other thing you can say as well, let's try FSM first. And I'm not opposed to stem cells. The no. fact that they don't usually work is a whole nother conversation, but we just don't say that because the person that's asking the question believes that stem cells and PN, uh, PRP, PRP, the studies on PRP are literally 50-50. Yeah. yeah, it's great. No, it sucks. I mean, there's just, it's 50-50. It's 50, it's 100% when you use FSM following injections. It's amazing. Yep, combine the two. So let's try FSM first. And then you can do PRP or stem cells, and then we'll follow up. So you get your injections on Monday, and you see me on Tuesday and Thursday, and then we'll see what happens. Because doing the PRP and the stem cells isn't the whole answer unless you reconnect the patterning and the cerebellum and the sensory and motor cortex and the spinal cord and the nerves, unless you reconnect it and make that tissue neurologically functional yes then what's the point yes thank you you're welcome because i didn't want to be like almost insulted by because it's more than that but you you it's you you try. packaged it up very eloquently I'm a salesman did i mention that very 16 you got to make the other guy at least partially right yes no and he is it's right he was right but i just feel like there is there's more so much more. And it's okay if, now the other, the other piece of it is, it's okay if you don't believe me. We don't have any papers published on that. Right. <clears throat> and I'm getting, yeah. I'll tell you something after. Okay, go. Not live though. And, oh. In, in, oh boy, eight minutes. Okay. No, we started four minutes late. So can we get those four minutes at the end? Maybe. Okay, never mind. Okay, I've got a great comment coming in here. Okay. Not a question. Tomorrow, I'm a guest speaker for a class at Life University who will get to hear about the case of my client with paralysis of the throat, larynx, etc., and learn about the existence of FSM. So I am inspired, holding the vision, spreading the word. Ooh. It is a brief case report, but the client's progress is Ooh. continuing. It's Jane. After last week's session, treating C3, C4, C5, and the diaphragm, she could take her first deep breath two years yes. post-COVID. Thank you. Yes. Oh, Yay, Jane. You're Yay. getting applause, Jane, from Yay. everybody in the studio. Spread the word, folks. That's, that's what this is about. So yeah. before I get to the, the next question, I have to kind of get back to my list because okay. it's about my list. I I it's all about list. my. It's all about my list. I love your list. So teaching versus treating. Um, they go together. They go together. That's what I was gonna say. Really? Yes. You got the memo. We both wear FSM shirts, and we both said they go together. They do. So, but differently. When I tell patients what I'm doing, it's like so the patient has this shoulder thing. And you say, hmm, shoulder, tell me about your neck. No, it's my shoulder. Yeah. Here, let me put my thumb in your armpit. Ow! Okay. So not just your shoulder because that's connected to that. And then, and so you explain what you're doing as you're doing it. And sometimes they say, I'm using the frequency to do this because it seems to do that. And that I always explain that after we do it so that the patient believes it. And when you teach FSM, 
It's about teaching them to think. Yeah. It, it really has turned, I'm, to all of you that took the class in the first 15 years, I'm really, really sorry. Come back. I'm really sorry. Yeah. Come back. You really, you're a repeat student. You can take it in person next February. Or if you come to Italy, we are going to Italy and we're going to London. Um, and you can take it on video um, because it's completely different. Back when all we had was the blue box or the precision care, I had to have you memorize the frequencies because you had to push the buttons and look it up on the laminate. Now, I don't care. You don't have to, you will learn at the end of the first two weeks that 142 is the fashion, 396 is the nerve. You're gonna learn that and tends the spinal cord because you're gonna be treating them all the time. And the, the, the shift is how you think about it. And so the patients that find themselves going from level six or seven pain down to one or two, you have to, you really do, you have to explain what you did you have to teach them. It's probably not going to last. When it comes back, it's, I promise you it isn't going to be any worse, but it's going to frighten you, and it's going to really make you annoyed. And then the second time, if it worked the first time, there'll never be a time when it doesn't work, and it's okay if you don't believe me. There's no reason you should believe me. After the second time, you might believe me, and then the third time you'll come in and you expect it. So it's okay. And when they hear that, it gives them permission to be skeptical. I, I kind of love skeptics as long as they're just not totally obnoxious, right? I was one. There you go. Love the skeptic. And there's no reason they shouldn't be skeptical. Why would anybody believe that this is possible? Right. It is completely reasonable that Jay Shaw doesn't believe that it's possible to increase the descending neurotransmitter GABA to relax the leg muscles. I get little beeps. I keep Beep. us on track this way. Good luck. Squirrel. I try my best. I know, you do a great job. So you kind of answered my next thing that I wanted to talk about was how your teaching has changed in all these years. Because I know the message, right? The intent of the course has gone from this is the recipe to think about what's going on. It's not just what's on A, what's on B. Why did it get to A? Why is A happening? Is it really B? Did is it, it come really from what you space thought? and land on you? Because, exactly. And <clears throat> hmm, how did it change? I think it changed. The challenge with teaching is you teach a course, and then one year later you get a question from somebody that was in a class a year ago and they ask a question that makes you absolutely certain that you didn't teach them what you thought you taught them. Right. right. So what I wanted to say had nothing to do with what they needed to hear in order to learn what I wanted to teach them. Oh, drat. I want a tattoo of that too next to the vagus nerve now. Okay. There's so many tattoos I have to get. I know. I can't do tattoos. <sighs> um, anyway, so... Then you go back and you rewrite the slides. So that's why the core literally, don't, some of you took the core in 99 and 2000 when it was two days, remember that? And then we got more data. And then I started to see things differently. You have to do this. What is the point of 
treating the nerve if you're not going to treat the disc. Well, back when I only had one blue box or two blue boxes, well, there you go. Then I had one precision care and a custom care. And then I had, was it the other day? Well, and after the webinar, we're going to videotape a practicum in which the patient's a subacute disc and a 40 and 10 and an 81 and 10 and a shoulder and a 40 and 396. And so we'll have four precision cares, two custom cares on one patient. And 15 or 20 years ago, that wasn't even possible. So I had to teach people to memorize the frequencies and think about doing one thing because I could only do one thing at a time. And then people said, I couldn't possibly do this because I don't have an hour and a half to spend with a patient. How do you get all that done in 60 minutes? Well, you do five things at once. And I still, as hard as I try, I still have never matched Ben Catholi's seven machines on a two-year-old. I can get, I got to six. It's amazing. How did, I don't even know what he did. Ben, if you're listening. What did you do? He listens. Do? He listens. Hi, Ben. Hi, Ben. Ben okay. messaged me after one of our podcasts and he's like, OMG, I'm dying laughing right now. <laughs> and I'm like, what did we, what did we say? That was so funny. I, you I know, know, here I am thinking that we're educational and putting forth good information and we're like a comedy act. <laughs> we totally are. I'm just hoping we're as funny as we think we are, but that's all right. I'm just having a good time. Me and you, man. I mean, and it's all we need. Just saying, the only way to get Catholi and Burke here is to have them present and getting them Come present. out of so next year at the advanced i'm just saying you guys Come playing on. fair Come on. whatever it takes one quick question one quick wrap, wrap up okay statement and we're done we have time okay um what this might not be a quick one what would be your top choice for post-covid booster caused migraine be oh duh sorry um post-covid booster so I had my vaccine. I can only take J&J because I'm allergic to the preservatives and the other ones. And the first one, I got the normal, you know, skin felt icky and I had flu-y symptoms and I ran the COVID protocol and I ran it the next day and I was fine. The second one, I got no flu-y skin. I went, wow, dodge that. This is cool. But I woke up at two o'clock in the morning with nerve pain in my arms, my legs, and my spine. And I went to reach over to my nightstand and I couldn't move. Like there was a three second satellite delay. You tell, the signal goes from your sensory and motor cortex to your arm that says, go over and pick up that water glass and your arm. And your arm goes, what, huh? And there's, so, because I've treated Gillian Bure so many times, <clears throat> I said to myself at two o'clock in the morning, self, you have Gillian Bure, right. So what is it and why did it happen after my booster? Viruses activate the immune system. That's what they're supposed to be. There's all these virus parts in the boosters so that they alert your immune system, say, hey, next time you see this, be aware. Well, sometimes the immune system gets a little overenthusiastic and the virus happens to accumulate itself in your spinal cord. And then the immune system goes to where the virus goes and it goes, ah. 
sound effects, right? I so, know. Hey, trust anyway, me. My sports people know. So when you have inflammation in the spinal cord, what do you get? Nerve pain. When you have viruses in the spinal cord, what do you get? Gillian Barre. Ah, I have a frequency for that. So I went after I could move. I ran 40 and 10. That got rid of the pain. Then I went across the hall, 3 o'clock in the morning now, and I reprogrammed my custom care with all the virus frequencies in the spinal cord. Then went back to bed, ran that on myself with the converter behind my neck, down to my tummy, and I woke up in the morning and I was fine. I didn't have Gillian-Barre. There is no other framework where that could happen. So for your, ah, the question disappeared. So for your patient with what you have, migraines? Yeah. Migraines, so what are migraines? In some models of migraine, you have the meninges get inflamed. So you run the freak, what happens when you get a booster? You get little bits of virus. So you run those six, seven virus frequencies in the meninges, the dura, the spinal fluid, 288, that's the thing. And then in the vagus. So if you go back and watch the vagus webinar, around the sixth or seventh time you watch it, you get around to remembering this slide where it says the vagus nerve innervates the blood vessels that go to the posterior, that blood vessels that feed the posterior quarter, third of the dura, those blood vessels. And if those blood vessels spasm, as they do when they're inflamed, and when the virus is shut off, mm -hmm. vagus is shut off. Because of the virus. And the vagus gets shut off because of the virus. Mm -hmm. So the migraine didn't come from space. It came from the booster, which has viruses in it. What does the virus do? It shuts off the vagus. Why would you get a migraine from that? Well, because the vagus does this blood vessel thing. And so you treat the dura, the spinal fluid, and the vagus for the viruses. And then you see if that works. If it works, I was right. Because you know that what I just did, I just made it up, right? It's not like I know what I'm doing. I just, where would it come from? Do we have a tool for that? We have a tool for that. This is not an Imantrex headache, right? It's a thing that followed a virus. What is the virus effect? So you try it. If it works, yay, we were right. If it doesn't work, text her. Uh, I know. <laughs> Thanks. Yeah. Text me, email me. We'll figure it out. That is it. We no. are done. It is. It is. It's like, it's so much fun. It, this is like so cool. This is the thing now. It's so cool doing it in person. It's going to be really sad when we're back to seeing each other across the screen again. And you have to push the move button for the dog. Okay. But you know what was so funny? If you heard, did you hear the truck go beep, beep, beep? beep. beep. See, because that was what sets the lab off to barking, which triggers the German Shepherd, which is why I have to mute it. <laughs> and the universe gave me a reversing beep, truck. Beep, and thank beep. you, everybody, for being quiet and not barking. So there is no, <laughs> there is no, um, how fun was this? Thank you for all of that. So, it's our tribe. And all right, tribe. Hold the vision. Hold the since vision. Since you started with that, let's end with that. So we have bookends, right? Okay. So, so hold the vision trust of the, the process. patient as healed until the patient can see it for themselves and hold the vision of FSM spreading so that more of you and to the person who's presenting at the chiropractic college, yay. Um, yeah, hold that vision. Hold it.
Trust the trust the process. Trust the force, Luke. I always have, <laughs> Yoda. All right, everybody. Thanks Bye. for coming. We'll see you all next week. Thank you, guys. The Frequency Specific Microcurrent Podcast has been produced by Frequency Specific Seminars for entertainment, educational, and information purposes only. The information and opinion provided in the podcast are not medical advice, do not create any type of doctor-patient relationship, and unless expressly stated, do not reflect the opinions of its affiliates, subsidiaries, or sponsors, or the hosts, or any of the podcast guests or affiliated professional organizations. No person should act or refrain from acting on the basis of the content provided in any podcast without first seeking appropriate medical advice and counseling. No information provided in any podcast should be used as a substitute for personalized medical advice and counseling. FSS expressly disclaims any and all liability relating to any actions taken or not taken based on or any contents of this podcast.